Hello and welcome. You're listening to Nails and Hammers, a podcast where we talk to people about their journeys and understand how they solve problems in their day-to-day lives. Our guest for today is Sairi Chahal, who is the founder and CEO of Shiros. We chat with Sairi about her education, her entrepreneurship journey from starting Newslink to Fleximoms to Shiros, how she stays at the top of her game, and finally, ask her advice for aspiring women entrepreneurs. We hope that you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed talking to Sairi and it's time to listen and learn. Hi Sairi, uh, welcome to the Nails and Hammers podcast. Uh, so first of all, like, how's the lockdown treating you? Well, you know, I think we all have our lockdown phases, you know, it's like the moon, it goes up and down. Uh, so same here. Uh, so... Uh, uh, lockdown has been a mixed bag. I think uh, this is the longest, you know, I've ever been home. I'm sure there are a lot of people like that. But uh, it's also uh, a time that sort of, you know, showed us a lot of muscles we didn't have. So I think uh, that's that's really, uh, you know, what what's happened. And of course, I think a couple of things have been interesting. One of the things we did during the lockdown was we we actually put together uh, a COVID helpline. Actually, there is a COVID helpline, but there are volunteers from the Shiro's community who are running it. So that's okay. been like one of the, I think, the nicest things that that I saw, you know, come to life uh, during the lockdown. And apart from that, I think, of course, I miss seeing my colleagues and I miss miss office. So I bought myself a whiteboard at home. It's a huge whiteboard, basically. So oh. at least I get some semblance of office, but all okay, yes. Lovely, lovely. Uh, let's let's start with uh, with a bit about your journey. Uh, where where did you grow up? Uh, what all did you study? And and there's this amazing fascination with the Russian language that you have, right? Would love to know about that as well. Right. So I grew up on steel plants, and that kind of explains my Russian fascination. We always had Russian engineers on the plants, and they were always Russian families. And you know, those are also different days. Soviet Union was still alive. There used to be these. Russian magazines and you know book fairs and it's a lot of cultural exposure to Russia and you know uh, and that sort of led to the fascination but also uh, I think uh, you know Russian literature is one of the deepest literatures in the world Uh, so I got to like uh, that's what I actually studied at college you know Mm -hmm. so it's not just a fascination it's actually a real relationship So then, like, you did your MPhil in uh, Russian, or like, was that in uh, something else? MPhil was in international relations. Uh, okay. But my master's in is in Russian. Uh, okay. And I grew up in a place called Muzaffarnagar, uh, which mm-hmm. a lot of people know as Riot City, and that's exactly how we know <laughs> as well. When we were kids, we used to mark riot vacation every year. Obviously, oh. we didn't know riots were bad, so like, pardon us. But mm-hmm. uh, look, I think uh, 80s was a peaceful time to grow up. Uh, you know, life was much simpler. There was no internet. Uh, your TV had one channel. Everyone had the same car. You only shopped maybe twice a year. Uh, there was no food you could order from outside. So I no smartphones. You had, to, you had to book a call. Obviously, I sound very old right now. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And you also went for your MBA post your MPhil, right? Uh, what would need? 
Sorry. I didn't go post. Uh, you know, I have always done many things at the same time. And uh, contrary to popular belief that focus is great, I have always done like parallel threads. Uh, and uh, so there was a time I was running my first startup, uh, Newslink. I was uh, an MPL student at JNU. And obviously, JNU yeah. and startups don't go together, but yeah. um, did build one. So, you know. And then, of course, my parents used to live in uh, Ghaziabad and IMT was right opposite our house. So I ended up doing my uh, postgraduate diploma in business management from there. Like, so then you were studying full time at uh, Ghaziabad and then doing studying, your MPhil? Yes, uh, I was uh, I was actually, uh, my MPhil was supposed to be full time, but thankfully an MPhil is a research job, so you don't have to attend classes. So I managed to actually, daytime I would sort of actually do do Newslink, which was my style. Oh. Was, you know, like I used to literally, literally live in the office, open it, close it, small team, you know, and uh, I used to live in JNU, that's where I used to be. And mm -hmm. weekends, I used to go attend classes at IMT. And then speaking of Newslink, how, does the, how did that journey start? So that journey is, you know, like, to be honest, uh, you can call it luck, chance, flow, serendipity, whatever you want to call it, but it was totally unplanned. And I think uh, uh, totally random reference, somebody, you know, uh, said, hey, there's this guy in town, he want, he's looking for people who speak Russian. So that was the reason I want to meet Deepak, who's, who's really the person behind Newslink. It was his money, his idea, but I built the company. So I think that's really sort of uh, the deal there. And uh, he said, look, I've, I've sailed all my life. I went to meet him at TGIF Friday in Masad Vihar. Uh, you know, they were not, you know, there are not many places to meet back then. And uh, I would meet him. He came with his daughter, who's eight or nine. So anyway, very nice guy, you know, Richard Gare looks, very graceful manners. And he brings his daughter over a meeting, you know, like totally like brownie points all over the place. So, uh, but he said, look, I've, I've been a sailor all my life. I have, uh, I have, uh, you know, really done well, but I've missed good news from home. And sailor depression is a really big industry problem because you're on sea mm -hmm. without any connection to the home base. So I want to solve this and I'm looking for people to help me. And I want to set up a company in Delhi. And this is my plan that will set up an office in Cyprus and in Delhi. And like we will build a newspaper that will go to ships every day. And, and it will go for every country, a dish country that is represented on a ship. So oh. honestly, when I met him, I really didn't know what he was saying. Like I didn't get the technicality of it. But he seemed really authentic. And he seemed very, very genuine. And uh, by the end of the meeting, I was like, okay, you know, I'm signed up. So what's next? Oh. Tell me, what should we do? So we met next day again at his apartment, where which was lying vacant for like many months. It was all full of cobwebs and dust. And he took me to that place and he said, this is going to be our office. Oh. So we started, we started work the same week, you know, so Newslink was in business. Oh, you know, great, we ended great. up in a company that actually had two-thirds of the shipping industry as subscribers, you know, in about three, three years. Oh, that's wow. That's a, that's a massive market share to have. Yeah, it yeah. still runs, by the way. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's 20 years since it still runs. Wow. So I guess it was a real product that was needed. You know, they say build products 
people want. So you exited uh, from Newslink, uh, and then you started a consulting firm, right? Yeah. And and that exit happened when when exits were unheard of the in the ecosystem in general, right? I didn't even know what's an exit. You know, like we just got to know that a Malaysian buyer has bought the company, <laughs> and oh. okay, you know, whatever. And I think also I had done. Look, the Newslink was very very intense. There was a period in time when I worked. I went to work every day for four hundred days. So. Oh. So we had an office manager who once came and told me that you know you don't have to come to office for next ten days because otherwise the labor ministry will catch us. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So oh. you know, like early on, you you're young, you have the energy, and like obviously, and uh, yeah. So um, so I exited Newslink. Then I worked briefly for a company called Hydric and Struggles, which is a. Mm-hmm. a chicago based leadership consulting firm uh that was my exposure to the to a very large company with big structures and systems and processes and 56 officers a very different listed company nasdaq listed company oh. opposite of newslink basically and uh, then i worked with them i worked for the russia practice i worked on the board of directors practice uh i had a really the guy who hired me barry gary he was awesome he I mean, I actually joined because of him. He was uh, incredible, you know. He actually then went on to work with the UN Peace Corps. He moved to after after the stint. So amazing boss, basically. And then I think uh, very inspiring to work with people like that. And then he sort of, you know, again gave me a lot of freedom. I got to work on super exciting projects within the company. Uh, so. uh hydric does this very marky piece of research which is around board of directors uh i got to work on that project like you know again before entering oh, nice. hydric i didn't know what board of directors is and by the time you know i got out i deeply knew how boards are run and how do you mm-hmm. how do you read sec filings and like how do you sort of how do you sort of run diligence on boards so it was obviously intense and like very different but like again i learned a lot steep learning curve but mm-hmm. big company not much room like after newslink you know you had to ask for permission too many times for everything like even if you had to stay late in office you had to send a requisition that i will be working late you know oh. and as a founder i figured like you know this is really not where i would like spend a lot of a lot more time the place was awesome but i had to sort of you know move on then i set up my consulting company uh, literally across the road from hydric and then um, basically that was the time you know i had seen some startups i had seen some corporate life i had a lot of my my circle was entrepreneurs you know i think that at that time obviously there was there was nothing called an ecosystem and startups we we didn't know any of this you know what are startups and what is ecosystem i didn't know venture capital until much later honestly you know mm-hmm. so i think uh but but you know people were beginning to do stuff you know reader was an inspiration ajit balakrishnan was still like yeah so uh, really yeah and nokri was already really? there and india mart was there and deep was there so there was a generation of companies mm-hmm. and then uh, you know i set up a company to work with growing tech startups typically to work with a founder to help them scale uh, you know systems processes operations marketing hiring And we ended up working with some very interesting clients, DGM India, a couple of you know family businesses that were reinventing themselves, and uh, yeah, so, so some some amazing work on ground. Uh, boutique oh. setup, twenty people, you know, cash flow positive, nice life. 
and then i sort of uh, you know while i was still at my consulting company we built uh, you know this platform called flexi moms which was really mm-hmm. as of you know the seed where where shiro's really sort of you know started and i think 2013 you know i decided 2012 i decided i'm going to sort of like you know shut down the consulting business and move to you know run a internet business by that time you know i knew that like you know i have to build something large and build something in digital i mean it was not even called digital back then and uh, sort of do more than what i'm doing so shiro's really sort of i mean the idea of shiro started in well 12 december that's when i quit my uh, consulting company uh, took about 3 4 months to sort of flesh the idea and then shiro's actually launched in uh, a year later in jan 14 and so what was the original uh, business model uh, by which shiro started so shiro's first model was very simple it was a jobs and careers community for women and at mm-hmm. that time look internet was very different there were fewer women online it was all metro centric users uh, so like our t- like in our business plan the target ma- ra- target addressable market was 1 million women oh, so right. you know it, it was a different time and space obviously we all numbers have become Uh, super sized right mm-hmm. but the model was simple that you build a safe space for women online you build uh, so the principle was pretty much the same but uh, the idea was to connect women to work to connect them to counseling uh, career mm-hmm. counseling specifically to connect them to resources we had stuff around back to work so everything that spans the trajectory of a woman you know mm-hmm. um, flexible work back to work growing in your career resources all around that so it was a community actually but working with enterprise so it was an enterprise model companies would pay us to do stuff uh we did quite well we had about 20000 companies uh, who signed mm-hmm. up we grew pretty wow. nicely but i guess you know the market changed like by just when we were sort of building it market sort of you know like mm-hmm. uh and then we went back to the drawing board again and relaunched as the shiro's that exists today Okay. So then, uh, in a sense, your competitor was Nokri. dot com. You know, it was, but honestly, we were not really competitors because Nokri is really like you know, our that's our challenge always, right? We only serve the women's market, so oh. honestly, we we were technically not come. Uh, we don't want their users, and they I don't know whether our users really even make sense to them. But we were we were selling to the same customer. that was come we were selling to hr we were selling to hiring managers and stuff like that so that was mm-hmm. a common factor but nokri is still like a more mature company we are we are trying to create a we are trying to solution here a little bit create new new kind of platform but yeah i guess cool so i would love to know more about the early days of shiro's right so how did it started who were the early hires how did you go about building the team um, did you raise any angel funding of sorts would love to know more about that so shiro started because i went to have breakfast with bss vijay shekar yeah okay and i was like vijay i'm thinking of this and like what do you think so aap aisa karo aap kal se na laptop leke mere office aa jao aur wahi se shuru kar do so you know and i've known vijay for a while so that's what yeah. i I literally started going to his office, and they, obviously they had extra space back then. Now, obviously, uh-huh. so um, and uh, so first it was just me, 
and then i went around uh, and asked like is there somebody you know uh, i need somebody to help me set up and stuff so my colleague uh, lakshmi joined us uh, and then i had somebody from my existing uh, team at my consulting company who joined us so you know like literally phone book team honestly you know you tell people you ask around core team uh, most of the team still works at cheos uh, they've really built the company up and uh, you know so i think there's just five of us in year one and we're still building the platform we floated the shiro summit that's what gave us our seed money so we didn't raise money actually until the first 18 19 months of the company all right uh and uh, we because we had free office space you know and we didn't have a lot of expenses uh, and i had some savings so like we managed to sort of get by and we instituted the shiro summit which actually funded our year one you know so we raised sponsorship we raised some cash you know paid ourselves you know and kept building the platform and then you know once the platform was live there were users there were there was something then we raised our first round i mean that's an heck of an idea to raise your first round right i don't think startups today can do that you know we were very happy i've always been you know like i always say like the resources i came from and the resources we have today like there's a world of difference so anything you think you can do you can possibly do mm-hmm. you mentioned like going to so the shiro still runs right of course this this year is covid but it became yeah. a property oh. it became our way to sort of you know like reach out to women and sort of engage with our community so yeah it worked out and the scale must be immense today yeah yeah i mean it's grown now now we do do it like you know it's a month long you know traveling show all over the country oh wow oh wow to like you know seven eight cities maybe more sometimes nice Uh, you mentioned like going to the drawing board in 2016 and then redesigning shiros and now shiros is has a marketplace has a, a social media has also financing option available so how did you scale and how did you find out the product market fit actually um very unconventionally so to be honest i didn't know the term product market fit for a long time like at least what is i mean i knew you know the fundamentals of business but i didn't know the term right mm-hmm. so uh what we really did was that we we established some fundamental principles at shiros and those principles are our guiding light like they're not uh, written on the wall but they're there and one of which is that we everything we do has to benefit women directly you know basically a community is a community if people come there minus a transaction like if people only come for a transaction it's technically not a community you know they're your buyers or if people come there so there are three parts that make a community right there is uh, there is uh, uh you know obviously trust the first mm-hmm. trust is like a big factor second is you know empowerment or the the act of adding value and the mm-hmm. third is alignment you know common purpose universal uh, we we are all here for the same reason right like why is reddit such a strong community or why is you know uh you know tech communities like python developers such as because they all care mm-hmm. for that one particular yeah. yeah. gamers are strong community because they all love the same thing yeah. so mm-hmm. uh so i think one of the things we did was have these principles in place right and then mm-hmm. um what uh, really transpired was like in fact when new recruits come in like 
we we have this internal joke called mahilaon ki seva karo like it's just a way to sort of convey the oh. sentiment of shields in as right. a company we always kept that sentiment higher than everything else you know mm-hmm. we also kept our monetization on a very staggered pace like look there was a because we were building a women's platform there was a lot of pressure you know sell sarees to women and sell lipsticks to women just fine mm-hmm. that's not the business i was building mm-hmm. to me the context of growth and safe space for women was very very important and what what we really did was establish some of these principles and like uh, obviously we built the whole community up and we knew like look uh, one of the common things that is across women all over the world and not just mm-hmm. in india is that they want better lives they want safer experiences uh, you know and in india it's particularly it translates to mai kuch karna chahti every woman mm-hmm. wants to do something prove her identity build her own uh, little place under the sun and mm-hmm. kept that in the center of it so monetization was really staggered it wasn't really put on high rails initially we took the time to build the community and now look it's like you know it's like your gymkhana membership you never give it up because you trust yeah. this place trust is hard to find for women it's even more so we still have users who were like users and 2015 you know people who signed up but obviously they have grown now they become champions mentors they run businesses and right. we were right. always very open and experimental about it so obviously in traditional vc terms we were like a big failure but with the truth is we built a real community and a lot of this has grown because women tell women yeah. you know and the other thing that's unique about chiros is we didn't buy our way through a user base you know we built it super hmm. organically we yeah. built it with a lot of trust and trust takes time you can't buy trust mm-hmm. so yeah, we we stuck to our fences and yeah. now yeah. you know like now experimentation is much easier like if you see all our business lines are less than 18 months old you know right. what works right. two years old social commerce is maybe 5 6 months old um right. right. is you know even lesser but guess what we we've created a space we created distribution we created engagement people come because they want to come here not because we want, we send them we spam them with notifications to say come 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 here like yep, yep. it's not the traditional strategy it's really organic so mm-hmm. we stuck with that and now you know and there are different cohorts of users there are women who are looking for work there are women who are looking for background noise there are women who are looking for capital there are women who still use the helpline uh-huh. um like i was interviewing this guy this morning for a, for a role at shiros and mm-hmm. he said look uh, i really want to work at your company because my mom was in a depression and she used your helpline and you know she's she's fine now and like i you know i you know and and she's found like you know like a life for herself so oh. the wow. the truth is look one of the things we never did we never measured ourselves against an impact organization and that's a separate story because i didn't want to sort of you know get stuck in that cycle but the truth mm-hmm. is there's a lot of real impact that's happened women have found work two million women plus have found counseling free counseling on the app or we have done hundreds of offline events we kept building our community you know the amount right. of effort that's gone and in seeding this community with a lot of love and care and genuine interest and not just because at some point we're going to you know have a dollar machine we're going to have a dollar machine but the truth yeah. is 
we said, let's make it work for them first. So even the way we're thinking about our business is that it has to first work for them. Right. Women find work, women become entrepreneurs, women find capital, they find telemedicine, they find counseling. Mm-hmm. And we, as a company and for a platform that generates almost five and a half million pieces of content, I don't have a single content writer in the company. We have moderators and I have one group editor. It's a team of six people that runs this large operation. We're just about 40 people in all of these, you know, like we're a small team. Uh So we've we've stuck to our guns. We don't worry about slow. We don't worry about being unpopular. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like... I mean, definitely you're popular. And uh, Sairi, I mean, that's a very powerful story. Uh, I mean, uh, literally, and uh, I'm sure uh, uh, the adoption for Shiro's and uh, has been increasing during this whole COVID scenario. Uh, so, what's next for Shiro's? I mean, where what else can we expect from Shiro's now going ahead? And and adoption in the tier two cities, tier three cities has also grown up. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So, look, adoption's clearly up. We started February with 16 million users, and by the time July, August came, we were at 21 million users. As wow. we've grown. Wow. And, and look, as a company, we don't spend money. We sort of, uh, you know, we rely on organic. Therefore, we don't. So one of the things we never did as a company was report Dao Mao because Dao Mao is a very anxiety-driven number. Uh-huh. I know people, investors love it. Love yeah. It, you know, and I've had lots of fights about it. But my idea for community is a community that stays long. You know, so for example, the community that I really like is Amul. You know, once you're mm-hmm. part of Amul Cooperative, you're a member for life. You don't mm-hmm. Amul built it in an offline world. We're building the same thing in an online. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and our and our users stay in our system. They they do a lot. And now we are adding more layers to it, right? So we are saying, uh-huh. okay, uh, so we're building a Shiro's uh, trust score, a membership score, you know, almost wow. like mapping everything they do within Shiro's to sub, to their advantage. And uh, obviously we're adding to our remote work business this year from 10,000 women, we will go to 100,000 women. We're yeah. adding to social commerce, uh, you know, again from 100,000 women, hopefully it'll become like a million women. Uh, we are focusing mega on micro entrepreneurs and women entrepreneurs. Uh, mm-hmm. So these are sort of big areas for us uh, because look, this is what India needs. We need women to be part of the active economy, right? Yeah. Like, and look, we're a poor country. People still don't have social security jobs. Women have it even worse. Yeah. So we just want to sort of be in a business that has a lot of natural uptake and, you know, be in a business that needs artificial sort of pushing. Right. And, uh, and it has its own network effect, you know? So, uh, and, and that's the whole thing, right? Like community is at the core of it. And the, every model is an extension. So, like today, we we, we have remote work, we have uh, uh, you know micro entrepreneurs, and we are we are setting up a new platform called Shiro's Money, which is uh, you can call it a neo bank for women or a community bank for women mm-hmm. to help women with you know small loans, micro loans, micro savings, uh, you know, and and uh, financial products. So that itself is a lot, honestly. Like, in fact, now I feel there should be a a, a seeding of ideas around the platform. Basically, the Shiro stack should allow other people to build products on it. Like, we can't yeah, build on the absolutely. platform. Absolutely, yeah. 
So that's next. Uh, that's probably a 21 project for us, you know. But we've been, we're working on the Shiro stack. We will open up the Shiro's ecosystem to the, to the you know, community, for developers, for partners, for, you know, like we created a Shiro's login, which is a gender verified login. Now we're going to make oh. login open for anybody who wants to build a woman out of space. You're building a telemedicine app for women, you're building, you know, a fashion app, you're building whatever you're building, use use that platform. Oh. So I think these these are directional items, but obviously we want to reach more women. We still have a lot of room to grow. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's what we do. Yep. So Shiro's is an inspiring journey, not just for the startup ecosystem and women, but like for people like us who, who like who want to start up someday. Uh, so now we want to talk more about Sairi as a person. Uh, so what's one mistake you made during your journey that you would not make again? Look, I think I always felt, and in hindsight, I always felt I was not aggressive enough. I should have mm -hmm. uh, And, uh, you know, like I, like, you know, sometimes I go to startup events or sometimes I go to events with a lot of founders. You know, people who built nothing are bragging like all over the place. They've done so much work and like, you know, why didn't we do all this? Like, were we this stupid? So, you know, we never, like we built so much and like uh -huh. the, there are actually literally six startups that we've built within this company. But, mm -hmm. you know, like because we were so busy and we never went out and tom tommed about it um, yeah. and like all of that, uh, I always felt like I should have been a little more aggressive. Uh, but mm -hmm. I guess, you know, these are hindsights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what's your purpose in life? Look, I think um, it is... Purpose is a very big term, but uh, I definitely feel that this is this is really an opportunity ahead of ahead of us. Like it presented itself, and everything sort of lined up. You know, it's it's the universe conspiring, right? So I just hope that we can create something that moves the needle for women. Like for example, when I started Shiro's, work from home was a dirty term. You know, only work from home scams. And I've seen that change happen in front of my life. And, you know, like uh, last five, six years, it's become like the coolest thing, right? The companies like White Hat and Baiju's and uh -huh. you know, they're all sort of, you know, selling work from home because it's become cool. And obviously COVID was like the biggest tipping point. My sort of purpose is really to sort of one, do this job well. And of course, look, uh, to really go to bed at night peacefully. You know, I think, no. uh, you know, with, with nothing on my shoulder, really, you know, and and honestly, uh, I, you know, uh, I'm a Salvani. So when I was a kid, we had no 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 religion at home. Uh, you know, my grandfather was a communist, so we grew up with literally no rituals. I, in fact, it's only now in this new India I'm learning, you know, festivals and rituals and all of that. Mm -hmm. One thing that sort of stuck with me was, you know, Gurbani says, Karam Karo, uh, Van Chapo, and uh, Nam Japo, which is very simple that do your job, share your gifts, and live mindfully, right? So I think uh, that's really the purpose that, hey, like, you know, you have some time, like, you, you live with your own, own kind of peace. That's really deep. Uh, so my next question is, I mean, uh, in terms of your journey, right, you started your first startup in 99, uh, you've seen an exit as well, right? You started a consulting firm, you literally grown with the, uh, and with the whole Indian ecosystem in terms of the startups and the internet journey as well, right? 
uh, now with shiros so how do you learn and unlearn things and there's a massive journey right so yeah you you one is actually learning every day sometimes you know i feel i worked for like so long you know and i think a lot of my work day is still the same you know you basically mm-hmm. every day is something to learn right like uh, like these days i'm learning a lot about rbi and mbfcs and banking and like you know all of that uh, and there's always like a new sort of challenge uh, the good thing is i think as a kid i was a i, I look our source of knowledge was books there was nothing else so mm-hmm. and you know in fact even today i've been on the internet for 20 years i still feel you know like a kid in candy land like you know that's what internet means to me because it's so powerful there's so much one has you know uh, available and so much you know like between you know your books and your reading material so to me it's still you know i think i still have the same awe about it about knowing new things and you know um you know and i think what's happened is because i've done so many different things i have uh, built a sort of a range right like mm-hmm. between the kind of things i'm interested in the range from like venture capital to you know women's communities to help clients to mental health and in my head they're all connected like they're not yeah. different things and then you know what happens is unlearning happens automatically like my first job was at a media company uh, the news thing mm-hmm. happened but that world has fallen away right like i studied russian but obviously i'm not in touch you know it's nature's way right like autumn leaves fall away so <laughs> part of your knowledge sort of becomes redundant on its own even if you and then of course i think if same with your skills like you know like there was a time when you know i used to be executing and now most of my time goes and actually just working with you know my teams or you know other people or in masters so the nature of work also keeps changing and you learn mm-hmm. you know new ways uh so yeah i think um the, there is a natural built in process and if you follow a process i think what commitment does is it helps you build a process it takes away the the fear of emotions it takes away distractions so once you commit to it i think the process gets built up like you yeah. your process evolves as you keep doing something over a period of time i mean you you're so busy i mean all throughout your life so how do you unwind well you know i find to find time to unwind every day actually i go for a walk i do my yoga i listen to you know some stuff on soundcloud uh i think the thing that allows me to make time is i'm not a very social person i have no friends i mean i have friends but like i don't have friends friends right like mm-hmm. i don't get invited to diwali parties like a lot i don't throw parties for people and stuff like that so that's something i've never had you know like uh and uh and otherwise also i have a really radically simple life honestly like this distraction less on its own i don't have to like really do a lot so i think it's just conserving energy more than time i think the thing about business is that you have to enjoy that business right okay. but if it becomes a drag on your energy then you you feel low right like to say hey like this is not sort of you know charging me enough uh so it's a little bit of that uh really for me and then of course i read i you know i still i think read a ton of stuff uh at some point i want to write more i don't do that enough i just feel i need a little more space for reflection to write which i don't have today 
but uh, yeah those are like really simple things they do they cost nothing actually uh, what does work life balance mean for you actually i don't think it exists and i particularly don't like the term because like look we're sitting here at 10 o'clock midweek you know talking <laughs> so like you know and honestly i'm not even aspiring for that this that's not what i have you know optimized for what i've optimized is uh honestly uh you know a lot of parallel threads to run efficiently uh, for me to engage you know with a lot of like like i still take time every day to you know talk to the community on shareholders i'm still in mass yeah. women still tag me every day uh you know plus i do a lot of stuff like uh outside of shiros as well i stayed on a board so honestly i'm not looking for that kind of balance to me balance is just being you know having enough uh enough semblance of order to be able to manage your day and i think a lot of this comes from directional clarity your own sense of commitment and also i think just prioritizing the thing about prioritizing is you can't have too many things like anything yep. even three is not really priorities right like so yeah. so i don't think work life balance is really possible because uh, uh-huh. you know you'll always be sort of struggling the thing is sort of say you know where do i want to hook myself which wagon i want to hook myself to so and that define the directional you know sort of clarity for you right right uh how can we get more female founders funded in india we desperately need that and yeah. i think uh, look i think the big gap today that is is that a lot of women have ideas but look right. uh, you know not everybody finds a deeper calm around to build a new like you know and mm-hmm. not everybody and the times have changed right like the ecosystems are different yeah. i think we need a lot more pre seed checks for women and we need help at that stage you know a lot of what right. we see in 500 did for sapan yeah. valley we need to yeah. see mm-hmm. cool you know ecosystem moves we need the movers and shakers to sort of come and do this right. fact, i'm yeah. working on a project if all goes well this might oh. happen but uh, look up uh, that it's you know uh, it's not like they're not smart women who want to build companies but there are too many barriers and if there's no encouragement and the ecosystem still like very unwelcoming matlab you can't get hit from both sides right uh-huh. like so you need somebody to yeah. sort of propel you up right like yeah. Yeah. you know all these you know the the big airbnbs and the silicon valley ecosystem happened because you know there was a propeller system in place Right. so we need a parallel system uh we obviously need more early stage tracks we need more women founders to sort of also a lot of role models right like hopefully mm-hmm. you know, there will be a women led unicorn that sort of set set the tone for this um because right now we're not there mm-hmm. and and lastly what advice would you give to a, a young female founder today start up like you know it's so much easier to start up today than actually to find a job you know in startup overnight right and, and people should do you know yeah, like, yeah. like i'm very envious that you know people are building such cool companies at you know such fun pace and such hustle i love it like uh and like what a good time to be in the ecosystem right like right and right. there's so many new instruments so it's a great time to build a company it's also look at the opportunities everything is broken and there's so many sort of cohorts of users you can serve So yeah I think I would say and of course ask for help look had I not gone to VSS to have that breakfast I would have never started heroes right like mm-hmm. and of course I I have 
I have done that at least thousand more times and not just that breakfast meeting. I mean, every morning when I come to work, I'm basically asking somebody to help me sort of you know, get to somewhere and, and then pay it forward. Like I, I also do the same, but you know, uh, so nobody has built a company on, on, you know, in their own head or in their own space. It's, it's really, uh -huh. an of, you know, understanding that, you know, we're all sort of community creatures. We need each other. Right, right. So start now, uh, ask for help and have great friends. Right, yeah. that's your... Yeah. Uh, being, the, you know, being the ecosystem, sort of. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's move to the final section uh, wherein we have some rapid fire questions. So whatever comes to your mind, uh, just go for it, right? All right. Uh, so you mentioned you have, uh, I mean, you have, there's a community of a lot of micro entrepreneurs coming up, right? Uh, your favorite startup started by any Shiro's or Flexi Mom alumni? Actually, there's Gyanu Veda, which just raised funding from Fireside. Oh, wow. uh, started oh. on years. Uh, Rachna uh, is is uh, Shiro's champion. Uh, uh, lots of them. There's uh, Rakshita, who runs a food startup. Uh, mm -hmm. There, uh, there's Hurdle Health, Serena Richards, uh, lots of them actually. Like, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, you are a role model for a lot of people, but who are your role models? Ah, oh, lots of them. Um, look, uh, I think uh, clearly, I don't know if you've heard of Dame Dame St Stephanie. Uh, she was she was actually the first woman in the UK to set up a company which employed only women as coders. Oh, wow. uh, this is 30 years ago, really in the 70s, actually 80s, early 80s. Very so, cool. you know, she's a rock star. She's on Twitter, by the way. Um, you know, there is uh, Cindy Gallup, who's really like a rabble rouser, unstoppable, love her. There is Alicia Castillo, you know, grew up in uh, Chile and Venezuela, literally dirt poor and now runs Sandhill Angels. Wow. Uh, so, you know, one of the perks of my job is I've met so many amazing women. Honestly, my list of role models is actually a CRM. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I think. And then, of course, Kirtika uh, Reddy, you know, she's she's somebody yeah. else. Um, there is obviously uh, this Ashwini, you know, love her. Yeah. Love, you know, we, we, we sort of, I think, share good, good wavelength there. Uh, and then, of course, look, there, there is also a generation of women who, who did exceptional work, right? Anumaga, you know, these are stories I think yeah. you know, this generation doesn't know a lot. But, you know, ran and built Thermax, which is an engineering company, and like uh -huh. really took it global, right? Like, uh, really, really impressive, I think, for all measures. Uh, and you know, I think there is a whole generation of women. I, I love the Seva, Seva team, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think Seva is super exceptional in terms of what they've done. I think it's a really long list. Yeah, some really legendary names there. Uh, you mentioned you read a lot. Uh, what are you currently uh, reading? Oh, I read like four or five books at the same time. So I'm oh. reading uh, this book uh, about, about this monk. So I, I, I read a lot of stuff around spirituality and generally like a lot of Roman stuff. Um, so uh, it's called A Cave in the Mountains. Uh, it's a book about this monk. First female Buddhist monk who came oh. from UK and lived alone in, in literally the caves, uh, you know, to meditate for like 10 years. Wow. So, uh, so I'm reading a book about her. 
Then my Kindle always has like all sorts of books. I'm reading Rishad Tobacco Wala's new book. Uh, you know, uh, and then uh, I just, um, uh, I mean, I'm always reading. I think that time just sort of uh, pull out my Kindle. I think there are like 15 books that are live at any point in time. Uh, uh -huh. But uh, yeah, so I read everything. I read business, I read spirituality. I right. read less fiction now. I wish I'd read more. In fact, mm -hmm. I just reread one of the lockdown things I did was join the Dostoevsky Club uh, oh. on Twitter. And then we had Zoom calls and we used to read Dostoevsky novels. It was just one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. You have had a long career. So what else would you be if not an entrepreneur? I don't know, actually. Uh, public policy maker, maybe. Mm -hmm. A Russian professor, maybe. No, I don't think so. Honestly, I know like I was set up to be one, but uh, no, I just need like, uh, I, I figured I'm a big canvas person. I, you know, I need like big, so public policy excites me, law really excites me now. Mm -hmm. One of my sort of new fascinations is with the law now, I think. Um, yeah, I think. Um, any, yeah. any interesting hobby that you picked up during COVID? Honestly, no, um, just sort of, I think what COVID did was it really gave me a sense of what being at home is like. I've never been home, like literally. Right. I'm like the perennial hosteler who comes back at night and brushes her teeth and goes off again in the morning. So uh, honestly, I used COVID to one, just be at home. And then of course it was uh, a time to just sort of like catch up on sleep, to be honest, I think. Uh -huh. Years of sleep debt got paid <sighs> in COVID. Um, and then, um, yeah, I think uh, mostly this. Uh, any like uh, female founders that we should call on our podcast? So many of them. Like, uh, you should call Shuchita, you should call Ashwini, you should call uh, Meghna, who runs Credit Watch, uh, like tons of them, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm happy to share more names on the email as well. That would be great. That would be great. Cool. Let's one last question. If you have to step in into someone else's shoes, right? Who who would that be? Uh, right now, Donald Trump. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I might save the world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just just before a call, we were chatting, and Kushal is in uh, Seattle right now, so he was just sharing what's happening. Uh, there, right? So, <laughs> I know. I think I'd have to sort of you know, like literally run away with these shoes right now. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 that's it from the podcast, Sari. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much and all the best. Yeah. And we hope that you enjoyed as much as we did talking to you. I did. I did. Thank you so much and thank you for your patience. Right. Fine. Thank you. You have been generous with your time. So, thank you again. No worries. Take care. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.